Welcome to another episode of the Property Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stockbridge. Every episode, we bring you the first principles of real estate, interviews with the identities and influences that are making their mark on the real estate community and bringing you hints and tips that we hope helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars on your real estate journey. Easy money is not the long-term solution. Literally only a year after the Banking Royal Commission, the federal government is now signalling that credit is now too hard to come by and has suggested regulatory changes that shift the onus of loan responsibility away from the banks and to the individual. For those wondering whether it was these types of lending practices that led to the GFC, then you'd be correct. In fact, it was the loosening of lending criteria and the ease with which credit could be secured that almost crashed the entire financial system. But in the wake of a virus with a less than 0.05 infection to death rate, the federal government believes it is now worth is now worthy and prudent to flush the economy with poorly qualified credit. Knowing full well the consequences of such practices will be a housing bubble and crash that has the potential to bring the whole system down. Or, as I previously purported, have the Keynesians simply worked out that inflating bubbles is easier than structural reform and that structural reform of our financial system may not even be required because... At least you can manipulate an economic bubble easier than you can manage a free market economy. We are all aware our economy works in cycles, but it appears that our governments, especially those in the Western world, will do almost anything necessary to avoid a recession, as the COVID crisis has clearly demonstrated. Western governments around the world had in place stimulus packages before they even knew how COVID was transmitted. In other words, Western governments already had stimulus plans ready to go, just waiting for a crisis as a trigger to deploy them. Almost every Western nation has struggled to revive their economies in the post-GFC era. All have rebounded sluggishly. So much so that at the peak of the last economic cycle, interest rates were still at near record lows. Now, any economist worth his salt will tell you that a hot economy has higher interest rates than a sluggish economy. Dropping interest rates is actually one of the first levers pulled by the reserve banks of the world in the event of a downturn. The fact that 10 years after the GFC, interest rates were still incredibly low and a good 10 basis points away from a normal level demonstrates how close we have been to recession and for some time. So then we hit 2020. The Trump boom had Wall Street excited and investors throwing money at the stock market, and yet GDP of most industrialized nations had plateaued, especially in Europe and Japan. Many now forget how China's economy was enduring the slowest growth numbers in a generation just before this pandemic hit. What I'm seeking to impart here is that almost every major economy in the world was staring into the abyss at the start of this year. I believe that they were all planning to stimulate their economies in some way, shape or form. And that is why they were all so quick to respond in a seemingly coordinated way when the economic reality of the pandemic restrictions were determined. Now that we're coming out of an era whereby 
many nations have had to spend 10% of their GDP on stimulus measures, the money is starting to run out. And so are the excuses to spend it. So to keep the economy alive, the federal government is now making it easier for people like you and me to borrow money, perhaps the easiest it's been in a generation. Making cheap money easy to access will no doubt help reinflate the bubble. Many will posture that this will ultimately lead to a bust after the boom. But as we are starting to realise, the Keynesians are now firmly in control of the global economy. And it appears that once this sugar hit to the economy is worn off, then another round of stimulus measures won't be too far away. So how do future generations pay for all of this? Well, I'm now firmly of the view that the abstract nature of the financial system and the intangibility of the trillions of dollars involved makes economic policy matter less than economic theory. Why? Because the ethereal nature of economics now means that the economic theory can be self-fulfilling to the extent that it can actually be tangible. This is why governments across the spectrum now accept the economic theory of the Keynesians. They feel that for as long as they plug the gaps in the sinking ship, they keep the boat afloat. And that keeping the boat afloat and above water is better than offering us all the chance to swim to shore. My advice to, is to anybody at this stage is to certainly access all that cheap credit and get as much as you can afford and ensure though that you do have a plan B in case the Keynesians are, the Keynesians are deposed and the free marketeers bring some reality to economic policy sometime soon. I'm Dave from Real. I hope you appreciate the insights and ideas that go into making the Property Pulse podcast and I look forward to bringing you more next time. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. We've now had over 15,000 downloads of the podcast and We've got thousands of people every week who are receiving the newsletter. And if you're not one of them, then you're not getting all of the information you need to make an educated, informed decision about what you should be doing next in real estate. So please subscribe. You can do that by reaching out to me on daves at realagents.properties and we'll get you on the list.